Welcome to the Influence Podcast. My name is Tom Yoni. Rick Campanelli, a man who likely doesn't need a single introduction if you hear his name or saw him walk into a room, especially if you're a Canadian millennial. Rick, once known as Rick the Temp during his Much Music days, is a Canadian personality whose career has certainly evolved with the times. From traditional broadcast media interviewing the biggest international artists and stars and hosting the country's leading entertainment shows, to now a full-fledged media personality that has successfully extended his brand onto social media. When it comes to the evolution of a media personality, Rick's career is kind of a perfect case study. We recently sat down to discuss the changing media landscape, the skills required of a content producer today compared to television broadcasters of the past, and what it takes to gain longevity and sustainability as a media personality. Lots of awesome tips. I hope you enjoy our conversation. All right. Well, Rick, I'm so excited for our discussion here today. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. I love chatting. I love talking. And uh, this is uh, right up my alley. <laughs> what do you got for me? <laughs> All right. I got lots for you, Rick. I got a lot. All right. There's a lot of things I want to talk to you about. And I mean, you've obviously had uh, quite an epic career in Canadian media. So I want to go back to the start just for a moment because things seem to be going yeah. full circle in the way of media in some ways. So obviously, yeah. you started out as the temp. Uh, Rick the Temp on my music and that temp label, it, it lasted probably a lot longer than it should have. You really were kind of the franchise around there. You did everything <laughs> for quite a period of time. And as a starting point, I'm wondering, it's funny enough, Much Music in July, they announced that they're relaunching with TikTok and it's a digital only yeah. platform. And I grew up with Much Music. I remember Much Music vividly. I remember being at Queen and John when the latest acts oh. were rolling in. It was packed. It was nuts. The oh. energy was crazy. And so I want, to, yeah. I want to get into that in a moment first, but just before we even get into that point, how does it feel now that there's this big push for nostalgia? Much music is oh. relaunching. All of these things from days gone by are coming back around and popular once more. How does that feel for you? Man, you know what, Tom? I, I live for nostalgia. I, 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 <laughs> I don't know whether that's a good or bad thing, but I love going back. I love when a, a song takes me back or a, a movie or or a conversation or a smell, whenever something can take me back to those good old days, <laughs> because they were good old days and they were magical days. So I, I'm all for nostalgia. It's been, oh my gosh, 25 years, 25 years since I won that contest. And, and you say, Rick, the temp, it's turned out to be a term of endearment for me. That, that, that handle, it's more than just who I am. It, it, it was a handle that you know, Canadians across the country who watched much music really connected with that handle, that personality, I guess I was, I am. But it was an honor because like you, Tom, I was a vivid follower, religious fan of much music in the 80s when it first started back in 84. I was there watching, not live, but there in my living room, my parents' living room, turning on the TV and, and tuning in to see what Christopher Ward and J.D. Roberts and Erica M. and you know, Michael Williams and Steve Anthony and all of them were doing when I was a kid and I would put my homework aside and I just focus on music video and something that was so new and novel back then. And then you add these personalities to the mix. So I love everything about it. It was an honor to spend 11 years there. And there was probably the, some of the greatest years of my life because I was going to be a teacher. And I was going to go on to teach kids how to do things properly in life <laughs> in the field of physical education. But then this contest came calling and I, I felt like I just needed to enter this contest because I, want, I wanted to be part of this world of much music. And thousands of people enter those contests. I was just fortunate enough to 
be the person that that won that contest and and it and it changed my life it really changed my life it's so fascinating too because you're seeing that nowadays there are media companies that are running contests and now they're opening that up to quote unquote influencers who are now just going platform direct so just circling back then to the first conversation like you started with a contest we're seeing that now mtv yeah. was huge excuse me much music in canada was huge yeah. We're seeing it yeah, come back yeah. around now, digital only. The one thing that is not coming back around in the same fashion is, like we were talking about, it used to be like in crazy energy, people getting together, Queen John packed for like kilometer, right? And that yeah, part is it, still missing. Do you it, miss the physical component oh, of people actually, it's obviously worse coming out of a pandemic, but just in general, do you miss that no, part of all this? No doubt about it, man. There was something about that physical, that interaction with the people, the social, the people coming down to crowd themselves around the Much Music building and, and take a peek inside or whether we brought the artists outside, they were part of it. And that's the difference between what we did back then and, and, and digital is a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's a great world that we're in here, but it's just not the same as being there and living it and smelling it and breathing it and touching it. And, you know, it's adding all those senses to what we did back in the day. Like we would bring, as you know, as, as you were a viewer, we would bring the top acts in the world to the people. We would bring them right to the people. The people could reach out and touch them, ask them a question, do anything they practically wanted. Anything, anything went down, you know, on those, at those live matches, those I and I's. I don't see that these days, you know, the live concerts are a different thing because the band gets up on stage, they perform, they say a few words, just some interaction, but I miss it. I, I think a lot of people miss it. And it was a time and place. Uh, I, I was fortunate to, to be a part of that uh, 11 years of it, but uh, it's totally different. It's totally different. And life goes on and, and the world changes and things change and revolve and evolve. And But that's just the way the cookie crumbles, I guess, right? <laughs> I can't help but feel that young people are missing out a little uh, bit just from the, the visceral reaction. It reminds me, if you remember the scene in Good Will Hunting, where Will Hunting is talking about all of these famous museums and Robin Williams' character is saying, yeah, but you don't know what it's like when you walk in and to smell it and to see it. And he was just talking about it's just different when you actually are a part of it versus seeing it through a screen or seeing yeah. it in some other fashion. That's a good good reference to a great movie. One of my favorites. Yeah. So this evolution from like traditional broadcast towards digital, it's been happening for whatever, like 25 years or so. So it, it's been coming, but... I remember my ahead. boss at the time, well, the director of music operations saying, and this is probably going back to the early 2000s, and we were just introduced to these flip phones or whatever they were because we had to use them for much on demand. Yeah. And he says, yeah, one of these days, people are going to be able to watch what we're doing on these things. They could be anywhere. They could be on the subway. They could be on the top floor of the... Royal York Hotel or wherever they are, but they could be interacting with us. And we thought, wow, okay, what kind of Jetsons world are you living in? But he was right. And he saw that. And look at what we're doing now. It's like, I bring this and you, and I'm sure many of us bring these mobile devices around wherever we go. And it's there. Everything, the world is there for us. Unlike, you know, back in the early 2000s and mid 90s, where it was totally a, a dream. It was a, a Jetsons type dream, but uh it's incredible. It's incredible to see this uh, technology and what it's been doing. That's a funny moment. And you may have just answered my question, but I was going to say, when yeah. did you realize that digital was sort of not just a fad or not something that was going to, to come and go, but it was going to become so ingrained in the way that we just operate as a society and how we consume media? Yeah, I guess that, sure, he, he made those points. And, and I'm the type of guy that lives in the moment. I, I, I don't look too far into the future or I don't, 
you know, aside from the nostalgia, I don't live too much in the past. I have a lot of memories and great ones, but I live in the now. And it wasn't until, I guess, the big social media push of Twitter, Instagram. I'm not even a big Facebook guy to tell you the truth. But once I started engaging in those capacities, that's when I saw, yeah, this thing is huge. So I, I'm a late bloomer when it can't, comes to all that stuff. I know we were chatting earlier about just keeping it simple. I like to, I'm, I'm a simple guy. I don't want to get wrapped up or tied up too much in the latest of this, the latest of that. I'll let other people worry about that. But I guess I saw it, you know, during my time at ET Canada, because up until the end at Much Music, which was around 2005, things still weren't, you know, happening in the world of digital. You know, we had, we had a digital team in place and we had a website and we had email correspondence and all this stuff, but it wasn't like it is today. So I think, you know, once the, the birth of Twitter and Instagram, I guess Twitter now is how, how old? 12, like 2008. So yeah. It'd be right. Like yeah. Years 13 years old now is when I grasped it. And I said, I thought to myself, this is the new way of doing things. And people were all a buzz about Twitter and uh, then comes Instagram and TikTok and all these others. But uh, yeah, I, I'm a late bloomer. I didn't see the vision like other people saw. Um, I was just doing my thing at the time and, and enjoying what I was doing. Rick, that makes me feel good because I'm the exact same. I literally referenced this in a previous discussion with Amber Mac that I thought the internet was just sort of like a library. You know, it was like, <laughs> what's the difference? I did yeah. not foresee the potential whatsoever. And we work with like... Here at the Influence Agency, there's a lot of people that are in their young 20s. So they grew up like Facebook 2007, Twitter 2008, Instagram 2012. They were always using yeah. it. They, their high school years were with it. Their university right. or college years were with it. They, that's all they know. And it's such a different world for people like you and me who grew up without those tools. That you yeah. referenced when you went to Entertainment Tonight, we were for quite some time. And that was sort of as things were really taking off in terms of technology. And you've adopted that really well. You know, you have quite a, a really strong and active presence on social now. I was sort of forced into it. I think you can say pushed into it. When I lost my job at ET Canada in 2017, this whole world of social media really did open up for me and what you could do on social media in terms of like, you know, brand partnership or collaborations or working, aligning yourself with some product that you're really love and you're, you have a genuine respect for. So I lost one job. And as they say, one door closes, many open. And that's what happened. And so for the last four years, I've really grasped this world of social media. And, you know, I, I have to give credit to my wife, who's the brains behind the operation. She's actually a social media marketing teacher, professor at the local college here. And she's wonderful with what she does. And She's helped me out a great deal because I'm still in that world of like, okay, I keep things on, on the back burner. Okay, if this needs to happen, this needs to happen. But she's more, you know, let's do this. And we got to do it this way. We got to do it this way to make it look proper and, and correct. God bless her and thank her. But I've been wrapped up in that, in that world in the last four years. And it's, you know, when you're not with a big corporation or a big company, there's less restrictions to align yourself with brands and products and people that you've always wanted to work with. So, and I'm a yes kind of guy, like people approach me. Yeah, let's do that. Let's try that. Like, why not? I love creating content and I love being a part of this world and this movement. And uh, it's something that I really enjoy. And, and I always said, you got to do something in, in life that you really enjoy or else you're going to be miserable <laughs> basically. So yeah, I've really embraced it and, and I'm loving it. That's great. I think your followers are too. 
And so I actually want to circle back to your comment about the freedom available yeah. to content creators nowadays. But just prior to tackling that one, just one other question, which is when you would have started your career and for the long, like forever, up until the last 10 years, for somebody to get into broadcast, to get on television, to get on radio, you were, you know, reporting, interviewing, you're on TV all the time. You were doing live hits, like lots of different, it put a huge demand on your abilities and talent. And the only way that you get in that position, is number one, you have to be able to do it. And it's not an easy thing to do. And it's not something that content creators have to do nowadays because it's a different level of polish required yeah. now versus then. And just right. like the hitting your marks, right thing, right time, producer in the ear, updating that. Oh, yeah. We're going to yeah. break, all this stuff, right? You don't have to do any of that nowadays. Yeah. Back then, you would need a gatekeeper of media to open the doors to say, I think you could do this. And somebody had to have belief in you. Somebody had to give you a chance. In this case, you won a competition. Nowadays, anybody with a smartphone doesn't need somebody to give them uh, an open door pass to, yeah. to do whatever they want to do. They can do whatever, whenever, however, deploy it at scale to the world. So I'm wondering your views on the role of content producers as it pertains to like entertainment plus news plus like all the different things that you do because that part of, of this role has changed so much where before you needed somebody to let you in and to give you an opportunity. Now anybody can do it. That's probably a good and bad thing. Yeah, I like that. that. I like when people follow their dreams. You got to follow your, we only have one life to live here and you've got to go after what you want in life and following those dreams. And if you want to do this for a living, well, there's millions of people doing this and that's amazing. That's wonderful. Like I, I say there's room for everyone to do something like this. I was fortunate back then because there was none of this around. It was a contest. I wasn't even a TV guy. I'm a phys ed grad. I was going to teach kids to throw a basketball through a hoop. <laughs> but it does take some skills in communication and social skills and knowledge, of course, of what you're talking about. I lived and breathed music back in the day. So it just came naturally to me. But the part that didn't come naturally was being in front of a camera. Like, I was a shy kid growing up. I always hid behind my mom at event, family events. Yeah, even family events. I was the shyest kid. You'll, you'll never understand. Like only my close family knows how I was able to break out of my shell once I got on. Well, I guess I was breaking out of my shell once I got into high school, university days, I guess. And then winning a contest and being thrown in front of a camera, in front of a nation. It really teaches you to open up and and adapt some edge. But yeah, it was different back then. I was ready for the opportunity. I prepared. Uh, I knew everything about music. That's what they were looking for. I was kind of lucky, I guess you can say. These days, you need to stand out for sure because there's a lot of people doing this. A lot of really intelligent, really slick people doing this out there. But can we watch them all? You know, that's that's the thing. Back then, you were sort of like these... Um, Big, uh, a little sea, but uh, uh, you know, being a big fish in a little sea, I guess. These days, it's the total opposite. It's a, it's it's a. Did I say that right? Big sea, big fish in a small pond. Small. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I know what you're you know saying what I'm trying to say. Oh yeah. It's yeah. reversed now. There's so much, and it's overwhelming, and there's so much being thrown at us. But it's this one way of doing it, and so if you can find that person that stands out that you like, well then through word of mouth, as we know, that person's going to become the next big thing type thing. Yeah, I don't know if I answered your question there, Tom, but it's a totally different approach, that's for sure. 
And the thing about stuff like that, I continue to learn. Like I'm learning every day. And and when I was on TV for those years, I, I was learning every day because I'm not from that world. And I love to learn. Even when it comes to stuff like this, I'm not the most savvy when it comes to doing this. There are millions of people that are doing it way better than I am. But it does mean a lot to me to be genuine and be real and and to be able to connect with that one person, if it is one person that's tuning in to see what I do, you know, and that's what it's all about. And people that tune in, or I say tune in to see what a person's doing, they see right through, you know, the BS, you know, you, you got to keep it real. You got to have a passion and you got to have a show of love for it. And you got to be you in what you're doing. When, when people try to change people to be a different person for a different gig or a different role, it's, it's not what it's all about. I remember when I first started at ET Canada, because I was this totally different person on Much Music. Well, they wanted me to be a Mary Hart type person with the delivery on ET Canada. And I said, okay, guys, I'll, I'll go along with it because you hired me. I'm, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make you happy and make the people happy. But I think they noticed it too, that you can't change a person's approach or a delivery, especially someone that's been successful for a good chunk of years doing it the way they do it. And then to have it change a bit, it just didn't work. So then we came back to finding a happy medium between what I liked and what they liked. And it, it started gelling and making sense. And uh, yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm veering off here. That makes a lot of sense. And I actually had no idea that you went to school for um, phys ed and were planning <laughs> to become a teacher. And honestly, as somebody that went to journalism school, the fact that you got thrown into I was so like nervous. a national show like that, I was so nervous. eaten alive. <laughs> well, I had that good people that were helping me out. Good people that were always there with me. Good TV people, producers, people that were there for years that were sort of sculpting me in a way to become this TV personality. Like I knew my stuff. I lived music. I loved it. And, and I still do. But, but I knew that aspect of it. Being in front of a camera and being comfortable and being confident is something I didn't know. If you remember those early days, and I'm sure some of your listeners remember some of those early days, you know, I'm talking because I started early 96 on air as a full-time much music DJ. I was terrible. I was absolutely terrible. I, I lacked the confidence. I, I, I wasn't comfortable. I was a mess. Anyway, it, it takes a good six to, to 12 months. Well, personally, it took me that long to be a little more used to my surroundings and, and finally get it all. Because you can have one thing down brilliantly, like knowing your music, talking about music, talking about bands, interviewing bands. But if you don't have those other elements that go along with this whole package, it's going to be a failure. So I had a lot of great people helping me out in those first few years. And I, I thank them in my mind every day, because if it wasn't for those people that were helping me out in the world of television, I don't know if I would have lasted a year or two. Yeah, I hear you. Um, it's fascinating because I do feel like some of those kinds of skills that you're talking about are, I fear are going to be a lost art just due to the, the landscape changing a little bit. But Anyways, uh, another well, discussion for another time. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Some of those people will, they'll get lost through the cracks, I guess. And what do they say? The foam rises to the top or the, the good ones rise to the top and, and they continue on. But it is a dog-eat-dog -dog world in this industry. There's only room for so many. You know, many can try to do their thing. But, you know, and I'm, now I'm talking about in the world of television, 
And, and that, that world is shrinking and shrinking as we see, because people are losing their jobs left, right, and center in terms of being a part of a host of a show or whatever, whatever it is. But anyway, yeah. yeah you get, definitely got to know what you're doing. Changing. It's just interesting. It's interesting to watch it the is. whole landscape shift. Yeah. And we touched on this uh, a few moments ago, but we were talking about sort of the element of freedom that yeah. is afforded. If we're looking at some of the benefits of how media is run nowadays, there is definitely an element of freedom, which perhaps you wouldn't have felt in certain places in the past, just referenced with entertainment tonight, that there was some stylistic dancing of how are we going to do this? And yeah. how am I supposed to make sure I'm hitting the right notes for you? But you don't have that same kind of pressure when you're producing for yourself because oh. you can do whatever you want. I'm wondering being, about that freedom for you. Being your own boss is the best thing that any person could ever ask for. You know, we all strive for it. It's great to have a boss and work for a company and have that security and not be like a freelancer. But the day I left ET Canada, it was a roller coaster of emotions. Uh, I had been with them for 12 seasons. I was in a groove there. I really enjoyed my job there. But, you know, getting let go and being let go out into the world, it's like, okay, it's scary, but it's exciting at the same time. And you get to make your own decisions. There's no one on top of you saying, no, you can't do that. No, we got to do it this way. Uh, let's hold back on that and maybe put a little bit more of this. There's none of that. It's what you think is right in your own mind and in your own heart. And that's, that was a great start for me. And I think that's what really lifted me because I'm going to be honest with you, it was a sucker punch for me back then in 2017 and I wasn't expecting it. So to be able to be thrown into this world now, social media, and, and to see what's happening there in this lucrative little kind of bubble world that we're in with social media in terms of brand partnerships, well, I was excited. I was excited. So I'm, I'm letting go of those emotions of being hurt and, and feeling kind of betrayed. You know, <laughs> you're going to be part of the family forever. Oh, yeah, right. So now stepping into this world of doing things on my own, calling my own shots, being my own boss, saying yes to this partnership, saying no to this campaign. It, it was wonderful. And I love it. And I still love it. It could be scary, too, because in the freelance world, you know, some months you're really, you're really slow and bills still have to be paid. <laughs> and then other months you're very busy with campaigns and partnerships. And, and that's a good thing because I like keeping busy. But I'll tell you right now, working for two huge corporations in my whole career, I love calling my own shots and making up my own decisions and telling myself what I'm going to do with my day and how I'm going to spend it and what I'm going to work on. I love it. I was afraid of that and going down that road, but you know, everyone needs that push at times and, and many doors have opened. So it's two different worlds, you know, being with a big company and being on your own. It's two totally different worlds. No doubt. I'm never in front of a camera to any of the extent that you were, but I did work at TSN for a period of time behind the scenes and the idea of like large corporate media empires versus I'm yeah, I got chills. It's so <laughs> night and day. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's so true, man. And, and, and I get it. Like the, a company, a corporation hires you, you, you sign on that dotted line and you're, you're all in and you got to do what the man says. Right. And I get that. I understand all that. And it gets political and it gets this, it gets, but the freedom, like we talked about of being on your own and doing your own thing. And, and you're seeing more and more people go down that road. Because to me, it's a better quality of life because not as much stress, not as much demand, not as much pressure. I'm living the life I want to live. And, and that just makes sense to me. It's a precious life. It's a, it could be a short life. And 
I don't want to waste any time in doing things that I don't want to do. I want to do everything I want to do. I got a huge bucket That's list fair. of things. So I'm grateful. Like I, it was a bittersweet, let's just say, when I got let go. You know, it's getting sweeter and sweeter as the days go. <laughs> That's for sure. There you go. All right. Yeah. So um, this is one thing that I'm curious about. I've got two questions left for you. The first one is that you've had just uh, flat out a very impressive career in media across some of the biggest uh, networks and then independently on your own. And you've interviewed some of the you know biggest, most notable stars and, and individuals from around the world. You've experienced a lot when you're talking about the things that you want to do. You've done a lot of it. If you, with the knowledge that you have now, were going back in time to 96, you won the contest, would you do anything differently? Would you do things the exact same way? What are your takeaways now? Yeah, that's a great question. I always was the type of guy that listened to any piece of advice anyone gave me. So no regrets there. Like I was just a young green kid stepping into this world of television. So I was always into learning and listening to what people had to say. Criticism was great. I took it and, and I needed to take it. And, I, and that changed my game and it helped and improved for the better. And still to this day, like things that I get into and do, like, I'm not an expert on anything. I'm just, I like a lot of things, but there are experts out there that will help me along the way. So yeah, and I always did that. So no regrets there. What would I do different? Doesn't have Gosh. to be something, by the way, too. It's quite fine. To- <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, <laughs> I went to one too many rock concerts because <laughs> we'd go every night and I never wore earplugs. So and as I get older in life now, I kick myself. I should have wore earplugs. I should have protected my ears a little better. I should have, I'm, my body's breaking down, man. I'm 51 now. And it's like, I should have taken better care of my body. That's, that's one regret right there. Our bodies are temples. And I really abused mine <laughs> throughout the years, especially those early years of much music. So I should have taken better care of my body. But in terms of like my approach and delivery, I want to make people happy. When I go into something, I got, I'm a perfectionist. I want to make people happy. I got to make myself happy, of course, but there's something about making a client happy, making your boss happy, making the people that are tuning in happy. And I'm one of those type guys. I, I, I have this feeling and, and worry that I'm upsetting someone or disappointing someone. So I, I put a lot of pressure on me to make people happy and put a smile on their face. And uh, maybe I could have dropped a little bit of that because that's probably added a few years and a few grays in my hair throughout the years. But no, like I I wouldn't have wanted to change anything. Like I'm so fortunate, you know, I was going to follow in the line of my older siblings and become a teacher. I I got this opportunity to be uh, on this nationwide TV station that all Canadians seemed like they they were watching back in the day. And, And to this day, people that I, you know, run into on the street or here, they, they love talking about the good old days and much music and sitting down with the chili peppers or interviewing Destiny's Child. Or, and, I, and I love talking and we talked nostalgia earlier, but I love talking about those moments because I lived them. I loved them. And, and to find someone else that got that same uh, excitement out of a 10 minute interview or, or a half hour interview, it, that, that really hits home to me. It makes, you know, gives me warm fuzzies. It really does. So. Nice. Well, there were so many memorable moments, and oh. so many incredible interviews. And yeah, I feel like the young people really probably can't appreciate that to the same degree. But on that note, actually, that's a nice little segue to my last question, which is that there would be a lot of young people that would be tuning in that are interested in producing their own content that perhaps even want to build a career in this. And as somebody that's done that and had sustainability for a long time, what's your advice to young people that are interested in a career in media? 
Yeah. The number one piece of advice, you got to just be yourself and be passionate about what you're doing. Like you got to be genuine and you got to be real. You got to give it your all. You have to know exactly what you're talking about. That does go a long way, especially when you're interviewing people. You know, you got to know your stuff. It's like doing homework when you were in high school. I used to love preparing. I used to love finding out everything I could about the subject that I was about to interview because if something came up, I didn't want to be left out in the cold. Like, okay, what is that referencing? Or what is that person talking about? I wanted to know everything about that person. So really dive in fully. If you're going to give this a shot as a career, know everything. And if maybe people aren't interviewing people all the time, maybe they just want to do their own thing, but just dive in fully, be passionate, be yourself, give it your all. I don't know. Those little bits of advice sound really cheesy, uh, but I think it's gone a long way for me. And and I always told my family members and my and my friends growing up and going through this whole TV world up until today, even if I ever change, you tell me, kick my ass if you need to, because if I start changing, because you see it in this industry all the time, people start one way and then they change and they think they're the, this person or they think they should be on a pedestal, whatever it is. Um, I always said, like, you let me know. And if I'm being that person, I got to get out and I got to start doing something different. It really means so much to me that people stay true to themselves in front of a camera and be them and don't be anyone that they're not because it's just not the right approach in my mind anyway. I think that makes a lot of sense. You know what? We hadn't met before this conversation today, but I've worked with a lot of people that have worked with you and everybody says the same thing, just that you are a super genuine uh, oh. and just a great guy. So uh, oh, those efforts well. that you're putting forward are, are definitely... Uh, oh, thank you, Tom. That, mean, that means a lot to me. And, and, and I think I have my parents to thank for that. Like my parents taught me right from wrong. My older siblings, you know, we're, we're all equal here. We're all trying to live our lives. And the right approach is to just to treat others the way you want to be treated. It's, it's a simple thing that I live by. And um, I don't know, I'm going on and on about it. But you see so many people trying to take advantage of others out there or, or try to step on them or, or keep them down. Or let's, We're all in this together. You know, let's try to support each other and, and be as kind to each other as we can. And uh, because it goes so fast, people around me, family members are, you know, getting ill or getting sick or dying. And it's that's the bottom line right there. It really puts everything into perspective. You know, we, we can all relate to losing a loved one. And it's too bad we have to think about that to be able to treat people in a, in a nicer way, but sometimes that's what it takes, you know? Uh, anyway, I'm rambling now, but yeah. No, it's true. And that's great life yeah. advice. I think definitely something that everybody can uh, apply to themselves. The rat race takes a hold of people and it just sends them on a, on a path. Right. So, and I was there for a while too, but getting older, you take a step back and you really see the big picture of everything life. Well, Rick, this has been awesome chatting with you. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, we'll continue to tune in to you on social and continue to see the content that you're producing. Thanks yeah, I got some I got it. some really big news coming up soon. Ooh. Something that I'm really, really excited about. I haven't been this excited in years. <laughs> so on Whoa. social, if you're following me, you'll be uh, finding Any out. I promised someone else an exclusive, okay, Tom, but okay, at least okay. I'm giving you that news. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. But no, All it was right. great Thanks. talking to you, man. I, I had a pleasure. It was a great, great time spending here with you. And, uh, uh, great questions. I, I love talking about the good old days, the current days. Uh, so let, let's, let's do it again. Awesome. Thanks so much. All right. My pleasure, man. 
To learn more about all the things that Rick is up to, you can find him at Rick Campanelli. And for the latest in digital marketing news and the world of technology, visit us at theinfluenceagency.com or at Influence Agency on social. We'll see you next time.